They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa, the only show on the internet where I talk to people, at least the only show on the internet where I talk to people that aren't my brother, Movie Bob. Um, tonight's guest is Kurt Duncan, a Twitter friend who uh, we've been talking back and forth and trying to get something like this going. And finally, we're coming together for an episode of Shooting the Shit. So without further ado, Kurt, introduce yourself, I swear to them, for the first time tonight. <laughs> we didn't, like, forget to record this once already. Absolutely not. We are professionals. This never happens. Uh, I am Kurt Duncan, one of the three hosts of the Now Dead podcast, I'm the Host, uh, where we would, me, my wife, and a friend of ours from uh, college uh, would take movies and take like a slightly deeper look at them. The example I always give being looking at the back to the future trilogy. And, uh, basically after looking through all three movies and saying, should doc Brown be in jail? Because this band racks up a pretty substantial list of crimes throughout the trilogy. And, uh, spoilers by the end of it, we were like, he should probably take a plea deal. Yeah, no, he's definitely going on trial. Um, it, it's, it's a funny, funny thing about back to the future is I watching it after working in the, um, like high end, like deep dive electromechanical field, um, with a lot of crazy RF and, um, scientists that have been around forever, you know, that have been like, you know, through all of the government agencies and everything. And I looked around and then I watched that movie as an adult and what, and I think, huh. They actually spent some time making sure, like, all of the gear, like, in Doc Brown's lab was legit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, it's not like like a fake panel with fake knobs on. It's like, no, I've seen one of those, and that does exactly (laughs) what he says it does. It's like, all right, that's kind of cool. Man, I was was wondering where you were taking that. It was like... (laughs) And also... um, and again, this is not the first time I've said this tonight. Um, the time machine from Back to the Future was originally a refrigerator, um, yeah. which was um, done in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to Indiana Jones, the famous um, nuke the fridge sequence. Um, they wrote it out of Back to the Future and replaced it with the DeLorean, like, uh, you know, so kids wouldn't watch it and go and climb into their refrigerators. Yeah, I was going to say, kids don't climb refrigerators, but then I was like, I, they've probably got some kind of safety feature now that that's not an issue. <laughs> they do have they do have them now. Th- that makes me think of that Punky Brewster did an episode about that, <laughs> where the yeah. kid got stuck in the fridge and then they opened it up and the kid's lips were blue and they had to take him to the hospital and it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Surprised Sesame Street never did that. <laughs> that's terrible. I was, yeah, I was thinking... Talk- I was thinking, like, oh, there'd be a song. I'm hoping they didn't put a song to it. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Today's letter is A for autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> what, what, what's Big Bird doing back there? Oh, Jesus. All right. So, um, yeah, the, the thing that I didn't forget to do, because this isn't the f- second time that we've recorded this tonight, is I didn't forget to do my housekeeping. So I'll do it now. Um, I'd like to thank my $15 or more patrons, Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., and Alex Peregrine. I'd also like to thank my new patrons, Dan Williams, Alex Peregrine, and Michael the Comics Nerd. Um, and now I'll leave space for an advertisement for the Adventure Incorporated podcast. 
My name is Gebetto Funkin, one shoe stumble, knackle timber shivers, at your service. I'm looking for some friends of mine. The many pennies? The many pennies. Them? I know we've been really busy, but I think that all we need to do is just tackle the next thing on this 24 item to do list and we'll be fine. Someone bring me some food. Also, my flask is empty. I need a refill. Nobody panic. I may have lost several scorpions. I said nobody panic. Check out this new skin patch on my cloak, guys. Guys? You know, I might be looking for someone else. I don't blame you. Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play adventure podcast. New episodes every Monday. Find us at adventureinkpod.com. And we're back. And without further ado, um, as I've only telling you for the first time this evening, we're going to do an icebreaker at the beginning of Right Quote Wrong Movie. And I take it you've played before, Kurt? I have. Okay, and just to remind Very the people. Briefly. <laughs> yes, to remind the people in the audience um, that haven't played Right Quote Wrong Movie is played similar to Apples to Apples or right, uh, sorry, um, Cards Against Humanity, where uh, we pull the title of a movie. That would be your black card. And you have a handful of movie quotes. And those would be your white cards if you were playing Cards Against Humanity. And we pick a movie title and we throw down quotes so we think it would be funny or ironic or otherwise interesting if applied to that movie. But they cannot be quotes from that film. So without further ado, I will pull the first movie. And we recovered from that well. <laughs> I was going to ask, are we going to do new movies or are we doing the same ones? We're going to do new movies. Yeah, I mean, okay. we could do the same if you want. I mean, but that's they fine. wouldn't be the same because we didn't screw up because we're professionals. Right, do you know that's right. the first time that's ever happened to me? Hey, at least that's all you missed. I mean, we had an episode where we almost lost the entire episode because my hard drive failed right after we finished recording. Oh, Jesus, that's terrible. Yeah, All we, right. were able, we were able to recover it. It was it, we were terrified. <laughs> so our first is the silence of the lambs. Well, that's a really quick one then, because I, I, sorry my my phone's auto uh, auto rotating here. Uh, I should warn you, princess. The first time tends to get a little messy. <laughs> You had to, oh my God. <laughs> Dude, Anthony Hopkins as Freddy Krueger? Why hasn't this happened? It's an alternate reality. It's de- it's out there. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I can beat. That's one of my favorite quotes from that movie. Um, <laughs> hmm. Oh, what a lovely tea party. <laughs> oh, man. Jane Silent Bob straight back. Yeah. <laughs> yours yours is too perfect. Yours is too perfect. Once again, I think yours is from the sequel. It's from Hannibal when uh what's his name's getting his brain eaten. <laughs> oh yeah, what's his name? Um the narc guy. Yeah. Oh, what the hell's his name? Yeah. I'm gonna forget. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I've actually seen Hannibal, but <laughs> or read the book for that matter. Exactly, right? Um, all right, so next one is Little Mermaid. Oh, I already used the princess card, though. <laughs> oh, man. Well, somebody's got to offend on this game, so. Uh, whoa, monster cock. 
from the movie Feast. Yes. Just because of the cover art of the VHS and the priest that everyone thinks is getting a boner, it has to be in there. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to go with, I'm a teen idol, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I think you got that one. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And then the third one is The Godfather Part 2. Okay. Just because of uh, the accent, I'm going to have to go with, even though I know Mob is not close to Boston, but, well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? Nice. I'm going to do no bullshit because I wasn't with a hooker today. (laughs) (laughs) How I got three Jane Silent Bob Strike back quotes in my hand, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm thinking whoever made the game probably fixed it. Nah, 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 nah. (laughs) So um, I think you take that one. Yeah, okay, great. All right, so let's get into the podcast because we did lose some time at the beginning. So I don't want to, uh, and I, you know, would love to have you on again, but I don't want to go for too, too long since um, my wife is helping us out big time by being with my half awake daughter. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so let's start this thing up. So, uh, what you been up to as of late? Uh, Like, well, when we recorded the first time, or since we didn't, um, I'm kind of between projects right now. I'm, you know, but I am trying to at the moment. I'm trying to get a, a Twitch Twitch channel up and going because I found a game. I, I'm just you know, speedrunning is kind of one of those things I like to watch, and it's kind of it was what I did when I did it podcasts. Um, but now I'm starting to get into it and try it out myself, and I found a game that I'm actually good at that has a bunch of uh, categories with no records in them. So I'm getting ready to gear up to try and uh, at least put myself on the leaderboard so I can have my own record for a while until somebody notices what I'm doing and steals it back. That's awesome. Yeah. What's um? What are your games of choice? Uh, this one is Monaco, which is, I don't know if a lot of people remember. It was like a, a kind of an indie game from 2012, I want to say, from Pocket Watch Games. But it's basically a top-down sort of like uh, 8-bit or 16-bit looking game where you basically try and steal everything that's not nailed down. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot, it's a load of fun, but it's, it's, uh, I think it's simple to learn, but I, it doesn't seem like everybody agrees with me. <laughs> nice. But, uh, no, I've, I've, I don't know if you, if you're into the speed rain scene or not, but it's like, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say like one of the great things to watch if you're ever having to edit is they've got these different categories for the classic games where it's like, well, this is everybody's kind of solved these or their the records are hard to beat. So now they've came up with these subcategories where they have like um, there's a Zelda randomizer where it's linked to the past, but all the treasure chests are changed. You never Jesus. know what you never know what you're going to get, and it can totally change the path you have to play the game in. And then there is uh, a group that does Mario 64, but you have to, it's, you get a bingo card and you have to find different, uh, you have to solve, you have to get different uh, objectives done. And then the first person to make three bingo, one, one to three bingos and then beat the game uh, wins. So, Oh, I would love this stuff. Yeah. And it's, 
I was kind of like, this is great to watch. You know, it's just a, a fun sort of like thing to put on while you're, you're do you know, doing something else. So, uh, I just told you about like some speed running things. Uh, yes. So that's really cool. No, del- delve into that more. Cause that's, that's a world that I didn't even know existed. So people come up with like time trials and like, um, achievement style things in games, yeah. but it's like, a. Yeah. And then, so, so do they share it out to the world and like everybody yes. kind of tries at it? Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. There, there are actually like major tournaments for the, those two and specifically, specifically like the, the Zelda randomizer I know has like over 500 people competing in it uh, twice a year. So that's incredible. Yeah, it's I, I'm like, wow, this is crazy to think of the size of some of these things that are just going on behind the scenes. Nice. And so you so you're gonna get out there and try to get yourself leaderboarded. Yeah, and, I'm gonna... and then do some Twitch stuff involving it. Yeah, and um, you know, I I said my podcast was dead, but if I can get the editing down to a manageable time, maybe I'll be back into it. I've got some idea, you know, some ideas for podcasts that I uh would wanna do, but you know <laughs> that editing time will always kill you. <laughs> no, exactly. So um with the you know Zelda randomizer, have you uh, d- does that include stuff from the newest games, or is it uh, kind of? I I know there are different games being done, but I, I think Link to the Past is the most uh, prominent one at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it you know, I think it's a little bit easier to recode it, <laughs> you know, dealing with the sixteen bit era than trying to do the uh, Breath of the Wild or something. <laughs> Yeah, and then you mentioned Mario 64, and I, it's still amazing to be able to go back to that game and have it feel, even though there's been, you know, numerous, unable to quantify platformers that have kind of spawned off of its innovation there, that game is still super intuitive. Like, there's a lot of N64 and PlayStation era games that I go back to and I just can't play them. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that bothers me. Because I remember it being so much fun to play these games, you know, but like games like Silent Hill and things like that, that I used to love are, um, you know, almost impossible to play like the originals of just because of either how slow the response time is or, you know, like the original Resident Evils where you were just kind of on a pivot, you know, and I, I didn't like any of that going back to it but you know but mario 64 like you can pick it up and it plays like a mario game does now yeah we we had for uh we do extra life every year and uh we we had one year i was like oh i'm gonna get all 120 stars in mario 64 my friend's like really did you practice for this and i'm like no and it's like i was doing fine until i got to the later levels and it's like oh right this game is hard (laughs) like (laughs) that game is really friggin' hard (laughs) Yeah, I, I got up to about 70 stars, and then I was like, no, I'm tired. I'm just going to beat the game now. <laughs> like, there's there's that one water level where you're, uh, like, you're like in, like, a, I don't know, a giant warehouse um, that you can change the level yeah. of the water. That's and I, world, yeah. I just still have nightmares about some of the weird leaps you had to make to get the stars in that one. Yeah. You, you know, you'd have to like set the water coming so you'd get just below the surface of the water and then it would shoot you out like a cannon at the top and then you'd 
do like a kick off the wall and it's just like how how do they expect anybody to figure this out <laughs> when i was a kid i figured it out easy because it's just you know it's whimsy it's mario just try yeah. it <laughs> you know yeah now now there's time investment and you're like oh no <laughs> so what are i mean I, I what are some of the other prominent games out there they do this with uh, those are the two I know specifically, but I know there's a whole community. Like there is a, there's a relay race, uh, there's a relay race group that does Mario maker where like they'll make, they'll make, uh, levels for each other. And then, uh, the other team will try and run like four guys and you swap out every time you die. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, it's just trying to get a better time, you know, and then like the other team's trying to beat your levels in a faster time. So oh, I love Mario maker. I, I haven't I haven't fooled around with the second one yet, but yeah, it it amazes me though. It's just like because yeah, somebody will will make up some kind of crazy uh, version of a game, and then you know people get excited about it. And next thing you know, there's competitions going on about it. That's great. And so, do the the competitions primarily happen in person, or is it you know oh, over no, Twitch or it, it's over the internet? <laughs> it's definitely. Uh, I think even even the tournaments are usually done, yeah, during over online. It's it's usually only uh, awesome games done quick or uh, or um, summer games done quick where they're in person. That's about the only time. I think we're super due for a wizard style movie. Um, oh man, that takes place in this in this world, like the the Twitch online or like young kid like yeah. e esports gaming world. I don't know. I could just see, you know, like that same story, but, you know, they're going across the country to be the first people to play, you know, a Borderlands download or something like that. Yeah, my, <laughs> my, my, my friend is, yeah, that I have as a writer, he's trying to uh, work a sh- workshop a story about um, a fighting, you know, like a, a minor fighting game tournament. And I'm like, well, you know, there's a built in audience for it already, you know, like. Nice. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, man, you know, somebody's going to somewhere it's going to happen and that's going to take off because, you know, that, that the fact that that movie hasn't come out yet is kind of surprising. Yeah, I'm you know, the the video game movies thing, you know, has taken at least a bit more of a serious tack than it had in the past. Yeah. You know, every, every every once in a while there's an OK one. But I'm surprised, like, the video game subgenre, you know, like, I guess Black Mirror took on a lot of that mm-hmm. um, and some of its subtext. But, you know, like, more movies just where where video games are, uh, you know, like, the 90s brought about, you know, all the, the internet fear movies. And you yeah. had, like, Hackers and Johnny Mnemonic and The Lawnmower Man and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm really surprised we haven't seen a resurgence in that. You know, like, they did, like, Gamer yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> but yeah, t- ten years old recently. Uh, within this week, within this month or so, gamer really? Yeah, yeah. It was on third. I listened to a podcast called Thirty Twenty Ten, where it's just basically they they talk about what happened in media thirty, twenty, and ten years ago that week. Oh, and that's it's like a, that's a really good hook. Yeah, and it, it just came up recently, and I was like, oh, I forgot that game exi- or I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> that's wild. So, um, you know, having known you throughout Twitter, but unfortunately, uh, full disclosure, haven't dug in and listened to your show. Give me a, you know, you, you talked about it a little bit, but give me some ideas of like some of like your favorite topics oh. that you guys touched on on there. Uh, I, I was going to say, man, like, um, 
I came up with one after we stopped doing the podcast. And I was like, oh, that definitely should have been an episode. So I was like, what if I told you Jumanji is a movie about a child shipped off to a deep, dark jungle who comes back as an adult and is having trouble fitting into society? That's right. Jumanji is actually about Vietnam. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'd put too much behind that's what the, the writer was actually thinking about, but it definitely hit me the other day, and I was like, oh, holy crap, why didn't we see this sooner? Oh, shit. You know, no, no, I like this. You you want to just cold call that? I'll I'll talk about that. Oh, man. I... I just, it hit me the other day and I was like, well, I, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't oh, know if that's no. what the writer, yeah. Now, now Jumanji, I mean, granted, so, so Jumanji, some people go back to Jumanji, <laughs> which is, you know, part of like the thing, you don't go back to Jumanji, it's part of the damn story, but some people go back to Jumanji and have a really cynical look on that first movie. Yeah. I, I don't. The thing I recognize about it as an adult that I don't remember as a kid is it's really dark. Yeah, the uh, that that's sort of what led me there was the the, the what was his name Alan. Um, yeah, Alan Parrish. Parrish. Yeah, when he's when he's yelling at the the younger boy about like, no, you just got to toughen up and suck it up, and I was like, oh, that that sounds like my uh, that sounds like my parents' generation, like <laughs> all the yeah. guys. Who, and I was like, oh, that's why, like. <laughs> So your spin, I, I, I think that fits perfect. And I would have never even thought that. So the subtext of Jumanji is this. It's someone dealing with being a Vietnam vet. And the jungle follows him home. Oh, shit. Yeah. And manifests itself as, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Okay. So, so, oh man. And it's even in the right era. It's even in the right kind of small town, New England, which by the way, it was filmed in Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, And if you go there, um, my buddy Paul lives there. And if you go, they still have the Paris shoes insignias on the side of the couple of the buildings that they painted on there. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I was gonna say, and, um, if you want a different one in happier news. Oh, I'm just that one's that one's shutting my brain down. Like it's like <laughs> I wanna I wanna talk I mean, even like the the way he came back looking, you know, yeah, you could the, that's like the look of like a POW, like a rescued POW. Like that's how they all yeah. looked in like Rambo three. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was I was gonna say on happier news, you can do the uh like we 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 watched Speed Racer and we were kinda like talking about how maybe this movie came out about 10 years too early and that maybe now with the brighter colored Marvel movies, it would be accepted. I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, but, but my main question is, do you think it's the Mario Kart movie? We're never going to get. Ooh. Cause I, I was thinking like all these bright colors, all this, you know, c- cars don't behave that way, but I'm okay with this. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm willing to see, I'm willing to excuse that. Cause this is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. My fear is if now, now someone's going to hear this and try to make a Mario Kart movie, especially cause the fast and the furious is popular hey. and, and we're just going to get a Mario brothers fast and the furious movie, which I would watch the hell out of. <laughs> but yeah. I think, I think speed racer, you're right. Speed racer already made it. They already yeah. made the Mario Kart movie. I was going to say, Nintendo, call me. I've got some pitch ideas for you. 
The princesses definitely need to be, need to be in a biker gang. That's all I know. <laughs> all the Mario... Oh, <laughs> the Fast and the Furious, Mario and Luigi. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, let's see. I, I wrote down a couple just in case they came up. Um, no, please. This is th- this is how this works, right? We yeah. just, we started in video games. I didn't think I'd be talking about uh, Twitch um, speed running. Sk- speed running, yeah. and I, I love it, and I want to do it now. Um, okay, so the uh, this is my wife's, but I, I love it so much I had to throw it in here. Uh, we we did the usual suspects. Uh, it was after the uh, spacey allegations had come out. I don't know. Should oh, I say Grant. Alle- should I say allegations? Is there... <laughs> the, the, uh, well, I after, guess after after the world accepted that Kevin Spacey was a fuckwad and didn't just yeah. think it. Yeah. Well, her premise, the way she summed up the movie was: a man spins a detailed story about being a victim when he's really the criminal mastermind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and that just, especially with Kevin Spacey going through. His thing, and then with Brian Singer, yeah. Finally, oh god, that just that just ruins that movie. Yeah, oh, it's such a good movie too. Yeah, we we did have a couple like that where it was just like you'd watch a movie critically, and it's just like, ah, oh, I'm gonna have to take a while before I ever come back to this. Like, yeah, especially like, especially when subtext changes, right? Like you go yeah. back to a lot of like Woody Allen's and Roman Polanski stuff Oof, with the yeah. knowledge you have of them, and you go, oh. This yeah. is good. Yeah, we we got towards the end of the podcast. It got to be a thing where it was like, "Oh, take a shot. It's another Weinstein film." You know, it's like, <laughs> or or you know, they were just tangentially involved. So it's like, you know, it's like, take a shot. He's involved. You know, like, uh, I, you know. I watched something the other day that it I had no. I I'm gonna forget. It was like some kids movie. That it popped up at the beginning, you know, um, Harvey and Bob Weinstein present. Oh, man. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I'm trying to think, because, yeah, they went through. I was trying to think of what it would, would be, because they were primarily Miramax, but they sort of knew everybody, so. I think it was, um, it wasn't a Disney movie. It was, uh, crap. It wouldn't have been, a. it wouldn't have been like a really early DreamWorks film, would it? I think it was something like that, yeah. We want to? Would we want to guess maybe Prince of Egypt? That that's that's the one I was thinking, but that's not what I was watching. It, oh, okay. It's like I think it. You know, it. I'm gonna lose it, but I think it came up like just on TV, like mm. one of the channels my daughter was watching. No, it was a Nickelodeon movie. Okay. It was a Nickelodeon movie. This is this is a long way to go for you to uh, to put Jimmy Neutron into the story. <laughs> no, 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 that would <laughs> yes, yes, no, if, if Harvey and Bob Weinstein had made Jimmy Neutron, it would have had all the subtitles that we gave it, <laughs> erotic, gorgeous, I hope, I hope some I hope people have heard the backstory on that, I hope they're not just hearing you say that for the first time, oh, you mean, the, yeah, right, <laughs> the critics agree, it's 90 minutes long, <laughs> <laughs> More fun than sleeping on the wet spot. Oh, we had way too much fun with that. Yeah, oh God, just, you uh, need you saw the picture of that thing, right? I posted I did. that. I, I I tried to zoom in, and it was a, like I'm trying to read cursive. You know, twenty year old or not twenty year old, what fifteen year old Sharpie writing, and I'm like, okay, let's see here. 
we showed that to one of our assistant managers. I, f- I think it was Michelle, and she just went, "Oh God, we didn't destroy that fucking thing." And we're <laughs> like, "No, we gave it to Steve as a wedding present, and then he gave it to me." It amazes me how much memorabilia you got back from that store. <laughs> oh my God! And there's some other people that have an even crazier amount. Yeah. Um, this guy uh, Alvy Taylor, who runs the blockbuster hey. facebook page yeah he was the he had all the teardown stuff yeah for, he's for got man. all kinds of cool stuff yeah that's i i was and, listening to it and i'm like yeah i never worked there but i was it was it was the place where i started uh getting into film so it's it's or at least like going outside what my parents were buying right so it's it's like you know it is a portion of my life but i was just i was just a customer but it's like yeah, there's a part of me that's a little nostalgic for the early days of Blockbuster, and there's a part of me who's still pissed off at the late days of Blockbuster. Yeah, so. yeah, aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we all? Um, so, oh, man, so that's some cool stuff. Yeah. What else? What else? You, you got anything I, else that sticks out from your show, even if it was something oh, already covered? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, you were well. We were talking about video games. Yeah. Uh, we did an episode where we were uh, looking at basically Roger Ebert was never a fan of video game movies no. and not a fan of video games at all. So we did an episode where we were trying to see if we if we agreed with him and like saw it from his point of view. And I remember like it came down to me thinking the whole the like I said pretty early on the episode is like really if there's anybody who should get a free pass on not liking video games, it's Roger Ebert. He's had to sit through every bad video game movie that's come out. Yeah, he's he's one of the few people I wouldn't have uh I wouldn't have batted an eye at. It, it, also, if he was still alive, I bet you he'd be one of the critics spouting off the superhero fatigue thing. And I'd mm-hmm. let him have a pass on it. It's like you have to watch them all, dude. I get it, but also, but also, he gave Spawn three and a half stars. Yeah, well, I was yeah, I was gonna say he, nobody's infallible. <laughs> yeah, um, I am. I, I always enjoyed Roger Ebert's "Your Movie Sucks" book. <laughs> <laughs> that one cracked me up. Uh, yeah, where he where he attempts to backpedal a little bit, but won't apologize to Rob Reiner for um his horrific review of the movie north uh yeah we all saw north it's it's he's fine I'm, i I'm not... hate 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 <laughs> hate 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 this movie it's not as bad as what was it, it was the oh who's the guy roper who took over uh, yeah no roper yeah because roper was his yeah yeah R- roper took over for siskel yeah um roper had a review for what was that movie it was like movie 42 or something like mm-hmm. uh, 10 movie years 43 ago. Yeah, he he did this beautiful review where he was like, when I started reviewing movies, I was given a pill and I was told that this pill would delete the memory of only one movie in my lifetime. And he's like, so I waited and didn't use this pill. And then he like goes through this huge epic story (laughs) and the review ends with him going, I put the pill in my mouth and swallowed and immediately yelled, God damn it, it didn't work. That's awesome. I was like, wow. Like he had, he had a good one every once in a while. I was just like, I couldn't believe some reviewer had gone that far to tell you how bad this movie was. I was like, granted, I wasn't going to go see it, but I watched movie 43. 
to pay theater prices for it? No, no, no. no, 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 no <laughs> There's a big no, difference I, there. <laughs> no, I watched a stolen copy of it. Full disclosure. Um, it's uh, it's something. It's something. It wants to be the Kentucky Fried movie, and I think, I think even one of the Zucker brothers may have, you know, the now broken Zucker brothers may have um directed one bit in it. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things where, like, have you seen it? I have not. I <laughs> so so it's one of those things where each of them, like, the movie has this problem where it, you can see where on paper these things were clever. Yeah. And it SNL skits them to death. So it just, it does the joke too far. Like one wow. of them, one of them has Christopher Mintz Plassey, um, McLovin and, um, the girl, who, what's her name? Hit girl from, um, uh, Chloe, Chloe, yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes. Um, and it was, it was important that they each have three names yes. for the skit. <laughs> and they're, um, they're having, um, intercourse for the first time, I believe. And, she ends up, um, you know, bleeding as as does happen. But yeah. it goes to like horrific, like you know, um, uh, like oh, know, it's like kill, like Kill Bill level. I was gonna know, say it's of, like scary movie levels. Yeah, <laughs> and it just doesn't stop. And it's like, all right, this is pretty funny, but they just beat the joke to death. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, ah, oh, damn it! Like that could have been really good, and it's not. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That was the yes, I yes, like. Yeah. Hey, right back to the right quote, wrong movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that might have been the one we didn't record. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. So, so God. So that's wild. So how did we get to Roger Ebert? Oh, we're talking about video oh, game yeah. movies. Yeah. I man, I can like I can just scroll like our website, and it was like there were there were a ton of it. Like I I loved recording that show. And like sometimes it was just fun to you know see because it would the the concept was every episode we'd change who got to pick what we were watching and yeah, what the yeah, concept yeah. was and it was just fun sometimes you you never knew what to expect and it's like we we I I would try and keep it from people we had times where it was just like like one time we accidentally had three episodes in a row that were murder mysteries nice. uh, where we followed up uh, the Thin Man with uh, Agatha Christie's and then there were none. And then follow oh. that up with um, Nancy Drew and uh, the Hardy Boys, both the first books of those. Oh, that's awesome. And it was like, wow, we all picked older murder mysteries. Weird, you know, and it's just, you know, it, so we inadvertently would have themes for sometimes. But then like uh, Halloween and Christmas were always themed. You know, we do something spooky for Halloween and do something, uh, you know, some Christmas movie for Christmas, even if it was uh, Black Christmas. <laughs> Black Christmas or Rare Exports. Yeah. Uh, so so rare exports, but you know, <laughs> have you seen rare exports? I have not. Oh, it's amazing, but it's. I think you've mentioned it on here really before. uncomfortable. Yeah, so many naked old men. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, though that that that's that's a cool segue into something. So have you seen, have you seen anything since your show? Um. That is something that you'd you know, be interested in talking about in, in that format that like, you don't have a chance to, so we could, cause I, well, while you're thinking of that, I just watched something. So Scott Wampler, um, you know, critic birth movies, death guy, he recommended a movie called, um, Lake Mungo. Have you heard of this? Oh, 
So Lake Mungo, this thing, I, it's on um, Amazon Prime. This movie blew me away. And since you haven't seen it, I won't give away any of its hand. But have you ever heard of the movie Searching that came out this past year? I must admit, man, I am so behind. No, no, that's okay. I'm just so so searching. I'll I'll give this as a chance to recommend Searching to you as well because you were talking about murder mysteries, and that's what yeah. that's what made spark into. So search is um um Harold Mar and Sue. Oh, okay. And he written it you're you're cutting up just a bit here hear me yeah uh, I, I got harold and it's like all went to crap uh, all right he's harold um yeah kurt yeah i'm, I'm guessing you'd see our internet i i got <laughs> this, all right we'll this, give uh, we'll give it a, a second yeah we'll give it a second Are we sounding any better? Yeah, you are now. All right, cool. It, every once in a while, it hiccups. So yeah. anyway, so as a searching stars John Cho, who's Harold from Harold and Kumar and Sulu from the new Star yeah. Trek movies. And the idea of this movie is his daughter goes missing. Mm-hmm. And the entire film is done from his computer screen. So oh. it's him like looking at closed circuit TV videos that the cops are sending to him of like, you know, a car that his daughter might've been in and him like reverse password finding to like log into her, um, a Gmail and Facebook and Twitter to like, you know, figure out what might have happened. And it is terrifying. There's nothing really terrifying that happens in it. It's just terrifying. Because he starts learning more and more and more about his daughter and he, mm-hmm. like how little he actually knew about her and like events of like, you know, characters, you know, like the, the, the wife in the early stages of the movie is out of the picture because she she gets sick and dies and they do that whole thing with like a Google calendar, like first appointment for chemotherapy and you're like, oh shit. And then like oh. a six months chemotherapy anniversary and then that calendar gets taken and dropped into the recycle bin and you're like, Oh, I know exactly what happened now, you know? And it's, it's just brilliantly done. And so Lake Mungo is in a very similar vein, but it's a horror movie. Hmm. And the, so instead of it, well, it's, it's a horror, like suspense, like ghost story kind of a movie. So this, so whereas searching is like a, you know, a, a suspense movie, like, you know, a, you know, it all happens in the real world, real stakes. Yeah. The thing with like Mungo is they frame it like a 2020 special or an episode of unsolved mysteries. So it's found footage, but it's like dramatized found footage. So they play, so they play around with that. Like you're watching like a news report, you know what I mean? Or a fake or a documentary about this instead of like seeing the real events happen. So the whole thing is done in interviews after the fact and then recreations. And so, so it's a really clever way of doing it. And the, the idea of like Mungo is a family goes on a, you know, a daycation to a dam and the daughter and son are swimming in the lake and the son gets out to dry off and the daughter doesn't come back. And so they assume she's drowned and they find the body 
and the father goes and identifies the body. And then weird stuff starts happening around the house. They start like hearing things. The mom never got to positively ID the body because she was distraught and didn't want to. So then she starts questioning if it was actually their daughter and maybe she's actually alive. And then when they exhume the body and do a DNA test, all of a sudden photos start showing up around the house of like things that were taken after the girl passed, but she's in them, huh? you know, and stuff. And it's just, what's cool about it is that the movie keeps because it's playing like, because, because they stick you in a situation where you're supposed to be watching something that's set up to leave you in suspense and like, you know, keep you guessing it's it's done that same way. So you know, okay, cool, this is gonna be the stinger that pulls the rug out from under me. And they do that. Like, oh, but those photos were actually doctored by the son because he couldn't handle the daughter being gone. But hmm. then you as the audience notice something that the characters in the movie don't. Hmm. And so it's like this really cool, like they're playing the format against you. And I haven't seen found footage really done that way. Yeah. That's, where this, like these where, both sound really cool. Yeah, I want to try these out and, now. <laughs> and so, and, and again, neither one of them deals with very light subject matter. Like searching, yeah. searching, I really liked because it's not what you think. Like mm-hmm. the movie starts unraveling, and you go, "Oh, I see where this is going." And ah, uh, this dad really isn't a great person, and the daughter doesn't seem like she's really a great person, and. And they they do a lot of subversion of those expectations, let's just say. Like yeah. Mungo does the same kind of thing, but then shows its hand at what genre it's in in the very last minutes. I'll just leave it at that. So I kind of mm-hmm. went, oh, great job, movie. <laughs> and then there was another one that was very similar in vain, if you haven't seen it, called... Um, oh, what was it called? It's called the... Man, I just had a oh the the uh, what do you call it when somebody is cut open after they die? And, uh, autopsy. Yeah, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, okay. And and if you've never heard of that one, check that one out. That's it. They're all in a very similar vein of they make you think they're doing one thing, but it's really something else. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, what what were you gonna throw out oh, there? Oh, I was gonna. I, I was curious. I don't. I don't have a. a thesis statement for it, but I was curious if you and you were uh, getting gotten to see uh, Ready or Not yet. No, I haven't. Oh um, I, I have to. Yeah, it's it's a load of fun. I was I was not sure what to expect going into it. I didn't even bother seeing the trailer because we had already, you know, my my wife and my friends were already like, "We're gonna go see this." So I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna go see it too." Then, <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds right up my alley. I haven't seen a single trailer for it either. I've only yeah. I've only read the quick description of what it's about. Yeah, I I, I really like you know it. Are we were. I really was ashamed that we, we ended the podcast before we got to do us. Cause that's we, for, for big movie releases, we tried to like go out to the theater and go see them and then try and record an episode quickly after they came out. And I was like, that one would have been right up our alley, but you know, we were, we were, we all three of us did go and go see it opening weekend. So I have an episode of a show that, um, I won't say what it is cause it'll be a spoiler for, um, their upcoming releases of shows, but I, I did an episode on us with, um, to celebrate it coming out on DVD. Oh um, man. And that, that was the episode of that show was very, very good. And I absolutely love that movie. So, 
Yeah, that I I was I was really impressed at how much like I I was like I left that movie theater being like I don't know if I enjoyed that. And the more yep. I the more I thought about, it, the more I was like, oh wait, this means th- this if this means this, you know, just like sitting there having all these theories and like, oh man, now, now, you know, it's like that the it's one of the few movies I think the post game was more fun than the actual. Yeah, like, my my favorite thing about the movie is it its ending feels so cheap until you think about it. Yeah. Like I sat there and I went, ah, this movie was so masterfully made. And then they had to go and pull, you know, and then I went, no, that's not a cheap ending at all. That's the ending they were leading up to the whole time. And like, oh, I just, you just had to give it like, like a half an hour. You just got to give the movie like a half an hour. And then you go, oh shit. Right. No way. It's, it's such a layered, intense little fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was, when with that one coming out, I was really like, man, if he can pull, you know, I was like, I was like, or after coming out of that and enjoying it so much, I was like, boy, who's the last last like promising director I can remember who beat the sophomore slump, you know? And then I was like, oh, Shyamalan, wasn't it? Mm. Well, it was definitely Shyamalan. But and yeah. then I was like, okay, good luck, you know. Good luck, man. Hope you can hope you can get past that hump next. You know, kind of. I, I will. I will say that my hopes are that Jordan Peele um, is he carries himself far less pretentious and more self-aware than Shyamalan did. Um, My Shyamalan hit the ground running with the mysterious. You don't really know what's going on with me thing. Mm -hmm. And I, he got way too caught up in it. I, 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 it's a shame if he had, if he had a better, like if he had somebody helping him, I think he could, he could, he does good stuff when I think he aims a little smaller actually. Yes, and and Blumhouse I think has helped him a lot. Yeah, uh, but again, he got a little too big for his britches with um with Glass. Even though I really enjoy Glass, it just it doesn't quite hit its mark. But I but I'd rather have a movie of his that doesn't quite hit its mark that I still enjoyed. <laughs> unlike you know um the happening, which is just a miserable experience <sighs> for for everybody involved. <laughs> um, because but I you know like. I really liked Split because it's like you said, it's really small. It it tries something really small. Yeah, unfortunately, and, unfortunately, I got spoiled on what the uh, twist of the movie was. Well, it's I, funny. I I told my brother when I saw the trailer. Um, you know, I've always wanted Shyamalan to do another Unbreakable, and damned if there's not something in this trailer that's giving me an Unbreakable vibe. And he goes, how did you figure that out? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, I've seen it already, dude. You you hit the nail on the head. I go, I did? He's oh, like, man. yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yes, I did it. <laughs> I, I loved Unbreakable so much. And I that was another episode I wish we would have done is, uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. But, um, uh, but like... I wish I would have gone into Split not knowing that it was a sequel. It, it's so masterfully. I know, but um, just I, I shows its shows its hand right at the end there, and I, I just, loved that about it. I just really would have loved to have not known going in, and like I, I usually don't care about like an having an ending spoiled for me because it's about the journey. But that was one where it's just I, I was such a fan of the original. Um, oh. What I was going to say, though, is that I, I really would like to have done an episode on uh, the 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 pre uh, the pre X-Men pre Spider-Man world when the world was so starved for superhero movies. And we had like 
Unbreakable came out. Mystery Men was making a surprising amount of money. Oh, Mystery Men. Yeah, there were all these these superhero films that were making you know, pretty good money. And it's like, man, that was a world that was starved for superhero movies. And it was like, you know. And now it's like, it's crazy to think about like a, a well, I don't know if, if Darkman could, you know, just suddenly appear someday and actually do well in this environment now. Or if it would be. Oh, yeah. No. Darkman. If Darkman had come out three months after Deadpool. Darkman would have made a killing. Do you know what I mean? Okay, that's a pretty good... (laughs) Or Logan. Or if it came out three months after Logan, even, for that matter. It would have made a killing. um, You know, it's funny that you mention that because um, I remember going and seeing Spider-Man. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And, you know, we were very starved for superhero-y superhero movies because the Mm -hmm. X-Men movies had taken the, you know, ultra-realism approach. And I remember watching that and coming out of it and going, you know, I would love if we could just get, like, 20 of these. And, like, like, every, like, 10th one is, like, a big sequel. And, you know, the ones in the middle are, you know, like, low-budget, like, B-grade, you know, like, Peter Parker stories. And I love that the movies and and the TV shows, which are getting better, but the movies have accepted that as kind of like, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, the big, um, the big tentpole thing every 15 minutes. And I think that you're telling me you found a magic lamp in the bathroom in between movies. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. It's it's funny because I just it was it was a conversation I was having with my buddy, you know. Uh, and there's my my daughter being awake and upset again. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say even though it's a bummer to do it that um I'm gonna end this one That's on that fair. note. And I would like to have you back on like as soon as like next week if you can find a date that works. So let me know. Um, uh, because I'll have to let, look through my schedule. Yes. I think we're out. I think we're uh, taking a trip next uh, weekend. So cool. Just, just, just a heads up. I'm letting you know, but um, thank right. you so much. And thank you for putting up with, with me and the wacky recording tonight, <laughs> but I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to have you back on. All right, Kurt. Hey, no problem. All See right. you next time. Thank you for shooting the shit and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.